Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. All right, so we, we might finish Galatians today. Miracles do happen. All right, but um, here's, here's, we're going to get into chapter 6. I always love the last chapter of all of Paul's epistles. You know why? Because that's where it gets real. Like he's all theoretical and theological relatively up to the last chapter. And then he's like, all right, boys and girls, it's time to get it real. This is why Masha loves that area. She's like, I don't care about theology. I just want it to work. I want it to show up in my life. Yeah, you're not a sad. Yeah, I just threw Masha under the Sadducee bus. Some of you guys are already there. So, so again, we, we've got, we, what do we got? We got two camps of people, right? Remember, there was the church of Galatia. Uh, Paul uh, planted these churches. He poured his life into them. He literally was beaten and bruised for the sake of the gospel, that these people would know Jesus. They saw miracles. They saw signs and wonder. They were healed. They were set free. They experienced joy. They came from every background, and they gathered around the cross. And then Paul went away, and in came the super teachers who said, welcome, that was great for first grade, but we've got higher levels, right? You, you know, stay with. So this, and the groups, there were two different groups of, of super teachers. One was the Sadducees, and the other was the? Pharisees, that's right. And they, as we just talked about with Masha, the Sadducees are, are obsessed with, Masha's going to be our Sadducee today. Um, the Sadducees are obsessed with, does it work, right? They're like, I don't care about your theory. If it doesn't work, forget it. And this is why a lot of kids come out of a quote-unquote Christian home where they've heard the Pharisees who are like, you just have to believe the right thing. You just have to right, 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 right. And there's no fruit in there. There's nothing's working, right? There's no joy. There's no love. And there ain't no money. Oh, man, the number of kids I've seen come out of Christian homes where they were like, and they're like, I will never do that. I need a life that works, right? So that's the Sadducees are like, hey, I've got three easy tricks for you to be able to make life work. The Pharisees are like, you need to be right. And as I always say, if you can't be right, at least still be right. Anybody know somebody, even when they're wrong, they're right? No nudging? Okay, all right, okay. So, and as we said, Paul goes, no, no, no. The answer is in the middle. The gospel is in the middle where Jesus makes us right, which results in living right. And that means life works. And Masha's great example is that this is a river. It flows out of you. This is a, is a stair that you're constantly trying to climb, but it's actually a down escalator that you're trying to run up, right? And so it should be really easy to know which one you're operating out, true? Anybody here switched between the flow and the, and the escalator three or four times this hour? Right? Anybody here? Okay, okay, this, this is going to get real. Okay, anybody, you came into worship, right? Because, well, they were doing worship. And you walked in, you're like, you didn't know Jesus. You didn't know your own name. You didn't know anything. You're like, and you walk in and they're all worshiping. So you're like, oh, I'm reading the words, right? And you're like, and you can't experience God at all. Anybody? Come on. Can we be real? Seriously, people, blink twice. 
Okay, there's my people. Okay, so everybody's like, <laughs> no, no. And, and so what do you do? Because you can't experience it. What do you do? You start doing what? <laughs> you try to work it up. Anybody? 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 No? Really? Well, they're raising their hand. Okay, I'll raise my hands. Lift a leg. I don't know, Dan. I don't know what it is. But we start working, and you know you don't feel like you're like, nothing's happening. And then you give up. Jesus, here I am. There's an ease that comes. There's an ease that comes because he has covered all the distance. And so it's into this situation that the super Pharisees came in and told them, you got to do this, you got to do that. And the Sadducees are like, you know, forget that. Just make it work. And so this is, I'm going to do a quick recap of the end of five and we'll jump into six, okay? Verse 13 of five says, you were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh, right? Right, what's the flesh? The flesh is self-effort. Self-effort. Self-effort, which is the American ideal, isn't it? Right, pull yourself up by your bone bootstraps. You know, it's all about you, right? Self-effort. You know, don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And so, verse 16. So I say, if you walk by the Spirit, you will not do what? gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are all about me, right? Meet my need and take care of me, protect me, right? Me, 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 me. And it's living out of your own effort. And then he comes down here and he says, he says, because if you walk by the spirit, you won't do those things because the, the flow of the spirit and the, the escalator, down escalator of the flesh are in contradiction to each other. You can't do one and the other. So if you're doing one, you won't do the other. If you're living from God, you won't be doing the other. And so he goes, well, if you're wondering, the acts of the flesh, the things we do to meet our own needs by our own ability are what? The acts of the flesh are, and he goes through a list. And the acts of the flesh, the first one he starts out with is sexual immorality. You guys weren't studying. So, some people were like, oh, I was. No. Um, some of you did off, uh, some research offline. Um, anyway, sexual immorality, right? And, and why does he start with sexual immorality? I would put it to because the Greco-Roman world was in sexual freefall. It was unbelievable. Like um, the, uh, you know, the church in Ephesus, Ephesus was the center of, imagine if you took Las Vegas and turned Las Vegas into a religion where your worship was going to uh, a lot of those places. Let's just say that. So um, I, for the sake of young ears, um, sexual, so, so why does he, so he starts here. And so the, the thing is, any of you, you got saved and you were effortlessly walking by the spirit. Like you didn't have time to sin. You were like, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. Everything's wonderful, right? And then what happens is a need rises up inside you, a God-given need. What are some God-given needs? Connection. Community. Intimacy. What are some others? Food. Love. Shelter. Right. You have a God-given need and you and it's and and the enemy says you're not going to get it met so you need to go meet it yourself right right so i need and i'm not getting connection i'm not getting intimacy i'm not getting love in a, in the way god designed a healthy way so uh 
I'll take care of it myself. Right? Anybody here done that? Three of us. Awesome. Honesty. Blink twice. Got it. All right, moving on. Right? And in that place, how does it work out when you try to make that connection, that intimacy, that love for yourself? Disaster, Disaster, right? It's it's, for a moment feels good and afterwards feels like hell, right? Can I get a witness? Three of us. Awesome. Great. Thank you. All right. So in that place, so this is the, uh, I got to use a different word, don't I? Um, This is, okay, this is the tip of the spear for sin in this community. I would also say it's the tip of the spear in our society right now. It's the tip of the spear. It's when we have a God-given need and it's not being met. And so we go out and try to meet it ourselves and it always turns out bad. That's the flesh, right? Meeting a God-given need by my own effort, right? And so in that, and so what, well, so what happens is this is where it gets fun, right? So, okay, let's say um, we're going to have our buddy I was going to say Bob, but I was afraid there'd be a Bob. Sorry. If there's a Bob here, I forgive me. I'm not talking about you. All right. Bob, the sinner, right? Bob, Bob, Bob's like, I'll witness to that. Okay. No. Um, so Bob, Bob is, um, you know, he has a need. It's not getting met. So he decides to meet it for himself through a way that God never designed. That's called sin. Sin. The word sin means simply miss the mark, Right? You know, when God pulls you to it, it's like the, the bow of an arrow. It just pulls it forward. When you do it, it's like trying to throw an arrow, right? And so it, it's not hitting the mark. And so um, anybody, anybody, okay. So a lot of times we think there are public sins and private sins, right? I have really bad news for you. All sin is public, whether you know it or not, right? If you don't bathe, that may seem like a private matter. Some people are like inching, right? No, no, but the reality is when I choose to meet my needs in a way God never designed, you know what I immediately do? I separate myself from you. Anybody notice that? That when you're pursuing a need, I, I, we noticed a, a friend, a, a, somebody Masha knew in college posted that she was 25 years in recovery. I'm like, what? Recovery for what? You know, this is a perfect person, whatever. 25 years in recovery from anorexia that came to the fore about three years into the marriage and talked about how her whole life was destroyed by anorexia. Now, in my book, anorexia is very private, right? But it was affecting all of her relationships where you pull back, you hide, you, you start compartmentalizing and it starts to bleed into everywhere. So the thing is, is Bob, Bob's got his, his area of sin, of, you know, of you know, taking care of his needs for himself. And guess what happens? When your sin starts to mess with other people, this is where it gets real, right? Because at that point, so we got Bob. So Bob, Bob's been hitting the pagan temples a little too much. Uh, and engaging in some sexual immorality, because that's where you did it back then. And so Bob, Bob's over there doing that, right? And guess what? It becomes public. Now, there's two ways we can go about this, right? The Pharisees are like, there's an answer for that. It's called circumcision. (laughs) 
No, literally, literally. That was why circumcision was instituted. Because Abraham attempted by his own ability to do, to make Isaac. And he got an Ishmael. So the sign of circumcision was literally in the ancient world so that every time they went out, there was a sign, I ain't one of y'all. I'm not going to get more graphic than that. Please don't ask me. So that was the whole point. And, but Paul puts it this way in Colossians 2. He says, those things are useless for trying to stop lust. Anybody done that? Anybody tried to to handle your, your desire for a, some sort of sinful behavior all by yourself and like cut off your options. One of the great ones, Origen, he was a theologian in the second century. He decided it wasn't working for him, so he cut it all off and still had a problem. <laughs> That's the thing is the Pharisees have all that, well, do this, do this, do this, limit your options, block yourself, put yourself on an island, right? Does it work? In short term, I, I knew a guy who was struggling with porn, and he said, I use filters, but you know what? I'm a good hacker. <laughs> right? I found ways around it, right? Because it, all of those are useless, right? And so when you're, when Bob's sin starts affecting other people, guess what? Other people start trying to do what to Bob? Control Bob, right? And it's so good because I have the fruit of the spirit, which is others control, What, what is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, Love and self-control. Yeah, but Bob really bothers me. And I need to control Bob so I feel safe. You don't get to make free will decisions around me because you scare me. So Bob, Bob, the Pharisees are over here trying to control Bob, right? In terms of how do they use, how do they try to control Bob? They use shame, guilt, stoning. Everybody got to get stoned. Got it. What else? What is that? Boot camp. Actually, that would be the Sadducees. See, the Pharisees are over here. They're controlling this way, right? They try to control through internal you know, through a list of do's, go do, 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 do. Anybody here, you were struggling with sin and you went to somebody and they gave you a long list of things to do. Okay, this is where Masha and I just have to repent for all the advice through the years we've given. Listen, listen. None of these things are adequate for dealing with because the reality is Bob still has a God-given need, doesn't he? For connection. So the Sadducees, though, the Sadducees are like, not a problem, Bob. We've got you covered. We're going to put a tracking device on you. <laughs> yep, um, we're going to put you on lockdown, not a problem. I know everybody else's lockdown ended, but yours is just beginning, right? Uh, boot camp, right? Boot camp, right? Shock therapy, yep, not a problem, not a problem. It's, some people are like, I got a taser, you need it. All right. <laughs> no, so, so again, these people are trying to control it through these methods. These people are trying to control it through that. But both of them are scared of who? Bob. Bob scares us, right? The problem is, how is Bob doing? <laughs> how is Bob doing? See, Bob had what he thought was a private problem. It's now become public. 
And to help him, let's pile on a bucket load of this. <laughs> and let's dump a whole nother dump truck of this. And how is Bob doing? Is Bob, now Bob's goal was what? Connection. And what was he met with? A taser. Oh, that's a connection I don't need, right? <laughs> listen, 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 listen. If you're, this is not connection. This kills connection, doesn't it? If someone, if somebody shames me, do I draw near to them? If somebody is, is controlling, do I go, oh yes, please. Initially, I probably will because I don't have self-control. So I will give others control to, in order to manage me. But guess what? It doesn't work long term. All of these things work short term. And so people can point to results. But they are utterly useless for doing what? Managing what's going on on the inside. All right. Yay. Well, let's just leave it there. <laughs> People are like, you're taking us to hell. Aren't you going to let us come back? All right. But the good news of the gospel is when you and I were enemies of God in our own minds, when we were sinners, when we were screwed up, when we were trying desperately to stuff anything in any orifice to make something work, he met us. And he paid the ultimate price to do what? Bring us up to heaven where we can live from his power and his life. So if you and I are experiencing that we do not have self-control, we do not have the fruit of the spirit, we have the fruit of hell, which is shame, guilt, condemnation, right? Guess what? The answer is not more of this. The answer is not more of this. The answer is what? Jesus. Jesus. I would submit all of this is why the world hates the church. True? Because they see a form of godliness that denies its power. But his cross is enough. Why? So you have a God-given need, right? For intimacy. What is the core of that need? Intimacy with God. He designed you for connection with him, right? The other thing is, if I'm going to have intimacy with you, what has to be in the forefront is honesty and clarity. What does shame shoot in the head? Honesty, right? Doesn't it? If I'm going to be able to draw near to you, if I'm going to be able to have, have intimacy with God and intimacy with others, it's going to have to come out of him. Anybody here was honest with some people and regret it? That didn't result in connection? Resulted in shame, death, and condemnation? What Paul is talking to a body that is in free fall in open warfare because they're trying to manage sin. Trying to manage Bob. It's all about Bob. It's all about Bob. Poor guy. Yeah, sorry. There's so many Bobs right now twitching. They're like, it's not true. <laughs> he was talking about you, honey. No. Okay. So, so the thing about it is so when somebody begins to act in ways that scare me, what do I do? I, so if I'm in Jesus, I've lost all my basic tools in my toolkit. Anybody found that to be true? Like a parent, you're like, I love you, Lord. You are gracious and loving and kind. You are, you're free and, and you know, quick to forgive. And, and then you're looking at your child going, shut up, I'm talking to Jesus. 
Now, I have a question for you. Can anybody cut you off from Jesus? Can anybody's behavior cut you off from Jesus? Can anybody take away the fruit of the spirit of self-control? Only you. Only you. Only me. We're the only ones who can cut ourselves off from that flow. But anybody here blame somebody else? Oh, I would be doing just fine if it wasn't for you. My life would not be a living hell if it wasn't for you. And so, what, how do we deal with it? And so this is the whole point of chapter 6. Okay, you guys ready? So he ends this with chapter uh, 5, verse 26. He says, so therefore, let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Ah. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin... Now, this caught in sin is not caught in a sin of like, aha, right? Like everybody's jumping in through the window, right? No, it's not that kind of caught in sin. It's like caught in a trap. Anybody been trapped by sin? Like they're caught. They can't get free. Anybody been there? Caught. They can't get free. They don't have the fruit of the spirit. They don't. They've literally lost the ability to tell themselves what to do. Their sin tells them what to do. He said, you who live by the Spirit should do what? Restore. What does the word restore mean? It means return a person to who God says they are to live the life God has for them. Restore them. Now, anybody been Bob and you were sent out of darkness for 30 days? Is there any waiting in heaven? Is there any waiting to come into God's presence? Is there any waiting... After you've sinned, how quickly can you return to Jesus? The minute you realize you have a manifestation of hell in your life, a manifestation of living from your own ability, the second you go, Jesus, you're back. You're back into that flow. You're back into that flow. There's no separating sense. So you should restore that person how? So we talked about what is gently is a fruit of the? So you shouldn't restore them out of your own ability. Anybody? Right? You're dragging somebody to Jesus against their will? That's not it. Gently. Where I limit my power to allow you to show up. I don't dominate and control you. I give you options. We're going to talk about this in the next couple weeks. But this, if you look at how Jesus led, Jesus always led by giving people choices and letting them have what they choose. Now the thing is, is if you're living with a dangerous person, it's okay for you to have boundaries. You can give them a choice and let them have what they choose. You don't have to shame them. Get their, their choice. If you're going to choose that behavior, I can't be with you. That's okay. There's no, there's no guilt, shame, and condemnation there. It's this. If you do that, then blah, that would be hell. You tracking with me? But get, Jesus just gives people consequences. He's like, he, Jesus is walking along and he's just like, and God's like, I'm going to go with you. I'll be with you always. He said, listen, if you're looking for the, the you know, to the Ritz Carlton, it ain't here. I sleep outside. Yeah. If you want to be with me, there's going to be a consequence. If you don't, and the guy doesn't walk with him, right? Jesus doesn't drag anybody. He gives people choices. Restore them gently. Don't use your power to help them against their will, but also don't use your power to taser them and, and make them safe. Does that make sense? He said, but watch yourself that you also may be tempted. Now, this, this part really weirded me out for a while. You know why? 
Because the sins I notice in other people usually are not the ones I struggle with. Do you, do anybody know what I'm talking about? Like the ones, the sins that bother me in other people are, because my sins make sense. My sins are, are justified. Like everybody does that. Three of us know what I'm talking about. Anybody notice? So which sin is the worst? The one that you and I are dealing with. Because that's the one that affects me. The sin. But how I have patience for my sin, don't I? I've, I've been putting up with it for years. I'm long-suffering. But your sin? Mm. There is no hierarchy of sin. There is no hierarchy of sin. Your sin, your, the things that you and I are doing out, to, out of our flesh, out of our own effort, is the thing that derails us. Nobody else's sin derails us. Well, I'm just... You made me mad. Anybody heard that? You! I was having... I, loved, I was loving Jesus, and then you came along. No, no. He said, so he says, he says this, restore them gently lest you be tempted. Tempted by what? Believe it or not, usually it's not, for me, it's not the same sin. Because their sin, I'm like, oh, I would never do that. <laughs> I have a totally different thing. It's called judgment and accusation. <laughs> it's a spiritual gift, girlfriend. <laughs> know what I'm talking about? Like, I use, listen, I have never, listen, when I'm trying to help someone, I'm not tempted by their sin. Because it looks ugly, right? Other people's sin looks ugly on them, doesn't it? Like, that is just not you, girl. Right? But my sin looks great, right? And so what is he saying? He said, lest you be tempted. Because remember, what were the two sides of the acts of the, of the flesh? One was a whole bunch of Bob and a whole bunch and a bunch. The others was factions and dissension and judgment and condemnation, right? He said, if you're restoring people, be careful. You've got to do it out of the Holy Spirit. You've got to do it out of his gentleness or you will end up enslaved in a different manner. Anybody testify to that? Anybody lost your joy trying to help somebody? Against their will? There's some people who are like, does that mean I can leave church now because I'm not here by my will? Yes, you may. You may leave. You have a, I'll give you a hall pass. He said, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. How can I carry someone's burdens? Well, first of all, is you have to recognize that it's a burden. Anybody looked at somebody else's sin and you're like, you are dumb. You are the dumbest person I've ever met. Who would do that? What about yourself? But, but part of it is recognize the burden that's on them. Ask God for compassion to see the weight that is actually on them. Nobody shoots themselves in the foot for fun. Nobody does it. Nobody inflicts the hell upon themselves because they're like, it's a Tuesday. <laughs> Nobody does that. Every single person has gotten there trying to desperately fill a God-given need in a way God never designed because they did not believe there were options. They didn't believe that it was available that God would meet their needs. They didn't believe that there was community that would walk with them. And so the first thing is recognize it's a burden. Have compassion. 
If you're looking at someone and you think they are dumb, you do not have compassion. You do not recognize why they're doing what they're doing. You are not, you are not having compassion for them. You're just shooting them. And if you're, don't get near to them until you have compassion. But here's the difference between sympathy and compassion. Compassion brings understanding. Sympathy goes, yeah, you're right. There's no hope for you. <laughs> Anybody here hung out with someone so long that you agreed? Yeah, you're done. <laughs> I don't know. Just gotta, gotta give up. Because we carry their burdens where? To the Lord. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We help them give them to Jesus. We do not carry them in our own strength. We do not carry that person. We recognize the weight, but then we give it to Jesus. So it doesn't crush us. And therefore, fulfill the law of Christ. What's the law of Christ? Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If anyone thinks they are something when they're not, they deceive themselves. I, I think that's a really broad, beautiful brushstroke <laughs> statement. People are like, he's talking about you. Listen, listen. Oh, I love it. Each one of you should test their own actions. In the words of Jasmine, worry about yourself. <laughs> so so let, what does that look like? That looks like if you and I... Okay, let, let, let me... Let me uh, okay, I'm not going to make eye contact, and I'm not talking about you, but if Jesus is, it's on him. So we... Uh, you see that I am in uh, a broken behavior pattern, a sin behavior, right? You see me in that. Oh, stay online. So the first thing, if you see that in me, that might trigger um, judgment, right? Accusation. Very justified judgment and accusation, by the way might trigger a lot of things. And so you might want to help me. Anybody here, you have the gift of, of discernment and helping people to realize where they're failing? It's like a grace, really. Or, so you might want to help me. What he was saying, test yourself first. What? Test your heart. Before you and I begin to try to help restore somebody, before we try to help deal with somebody, test our heart. Is there the fruit of the Spirit? Is there love? Is there gentleness? Is there? And listen, if you have to squint, it ain't it. You know what I'm talking about? But seriously, I think Jesus tagged me in to help on this one. Let more harm is done by helping people with good intentions without the Holy Spirit than just keeping our mouths shut. More damage is done with good intentions without the fruit of the Spirit than just keeping our mouths shut. Anybody here, anybody here like, uh, we've ha lived with a Messiah complex? Like, uh, I am God's gift to people on the earth. So glad that you have me in your life to help you. That's not helpful. That makes them twice, Jesus put it this way about the Pharisees. You cross heaven and earth to make one convert and make him twice the son of hell as you. All right, moving on. You be glad I got a Holy Spirit filter. Some stuff slips through, but I keep the worst stuff away from y'all. Just saying. Because, see, I checked the fruit, didn't I? That one had the fruit of judgment on it, big time. You didn't need that. All right. 
then they, you can take pride in yourselves alone without comparing yourselves to someone else, for each one should carry their own load. Okay, wait a minute. I thought he said we're supposed to carry each other's burdens. It's that whole thing of self-control. It's the whole thing of I take care of me. Part of the burden of someone's sin is the results of their sin. And so when I can come alongside someone and I can take their results to Jesus and say, Jesus, what do you say? Jesus, what's going on here? I can't say it enough again, though. It's not about trying to manage and control someone. I get to make choices for me. Sometimes the choices are, you've made a choice and I'm separating myself. Seriously, that's okay. It's healthy. When somebody's made a choice, say, listen, I can't be vulnerable with you when you behave that way. That's natural. That's healthy. I can't be with you. I can't, if you're going to, if, you're, if, you, if I can't trust what you say, then we can't talk for now. That's okay. That's healthy. But see how that self-control, and a lot of times, there's a lot of people I see that are lifelong train wrecks because nobody ever gave them a consequence of their own action. They gave them guilt, shame, and condemnation. They told them they were bad. They chased them out with sticks. But they didn't say, listen, when you do that, this is what happens in my heart. When you do that, this is the result in me. And I'm not okay. I'm not okay. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Now, if you've heard that abused about finance, that's not what he's talking about here. Why? Because it's not the context. What is he talking about? Is as you are receiving things from God, there needs to be people in your life that you process things with. You share it and you go, I feel like God's leading me to do this. Like if you're, if you're in a, if you're an abusive relationship, you should have people in your life. You can share what God's leading you in and you can go and they can give you feedback and say, mm, right. Does that make sense? If you shouldn't, it's even though it's self-control, we are not individualist islands. We're living in community. In fact, all of this produces individualization. But when God comes on us, it creates community where I do me and you do you, but we do it together. So here, here's where I want to end. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What does he, why does he say this? Because there's a bunch of people going, ah, that's not an answer for sin. Oh my gosh, what about the scary people? We got to deal with them, right? Some of you are naughty, Right? Why does he say this? He said, listen, if I just worry about myself, what about all those scary people in the world? That's not an answer, right? Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's three of us nodding. Some of you are like, I was already there. <laughs> Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. A man reaps what he sows. What is he trying to say? He's saying, God, that, that if you try, it's kind of like this. The image is this. Is if you were to go through a speed trap with one of those cameras, and you chose to go at the camera, you're still getting a ticket. In other words, there are consequences to actions. Gravity is still in effect. Just because there is a flow of grace that's there to help you after the fact and help you clean up the mess and help you be restored, it doesn't mean there's not consequences to action. Does that make sense? And so when you let people have the consequences of their own actions, guess what? That's the best teacher. It's when we 
out of human grace, not God grace, try to help people against their will, cover up their messes. Listen, this is why the world looks at the church. There is so much abuse in the church because people have been covering things up when they should have been letting people have consequences. Does that make sense? It's okay to let someone have a consequence. It's okay. consequence and then stoning people right i feel like we want to be a place where people can come out with their stuff and don't have to be ashamed and hide stuff because they think they're going to be stoned come on come on right or like excommunicated or moved to an island right we want this to be a place where honestly i mean after dealing with orphans i really don't know what you can come and say to us that we'll be like oh my gosh wow like we've never heard of that <laughs> like we're, we're you know like it's it's like we're i feel like we've lived a lot of life right like we've seen things that will would you know fry your brains but um <laughs> Oh, believe me. People all the time, they're like, oh, you, I just, oh, I'm just going to shock you. Like, like yeah, waiting. try me. Yeah, more. probably not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's getting harder and harder by the day, right? Uh, it's like you're not going to shock us. And I feel like getting to be this place where you're not going to shock us. Like, we're not going to be just so disillusioned that we're just, you know, but... We're not going to let you, if you want to stay here and you want to stay in community, we're not going to be okay with you staying in the same place where you've been. If you, if you want to stay, you will need to be restored. If you want to go, you can go. Well, no, but stay with me. Stay with me. Let me explain what you mean okay. if, right. and tell me if I'm, I'm okay. explaining correctly. Okay. All right, I do interpretive dance. Yeah. I'll interpret for her. <laughs> no, what I mean by this is, you, this will be an incredibly uncomfortable place to be if you don't want to change. Yeah, yeah. This is an incredibly uncomfortable place to be if you just want to warm a seat. First of all, when you see other people coming alive, your deadness becomes more and more apparent to yeah. you and more apparent to the people around you. Second of all is when you behave in ways that, are, that affect other people, guess what? In health, they'll give you, let you have consequences. Not give you consequences, let you have what you chose. So if you choose to act in ways that push people away, they'll let you push them away. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's not, I'm not beating you, I'm simply letting you have feedback on your own behavior. And it's okay. I don't have to add a AK-47 to it. That's not how you do an AK-47, <laughs> but whatever. But whoever sows to please their flesh will reap, the flesh will reap destruction. Listen, you don't, you don't, people are like, he doesn't know he's screwing up. Oh, he knows. Oh, he knows. He might be, he might be so high he can't figure it out, but when he comes down, he'll figure it out. You don't have, people, you, a lot of times people are like, he doesn't know he's deceived. If he doesn't know he's deceived, it's because people aren't letting him have what he chooses. They're letting him have his cake and eat it too. But whoever sows to please the spirit, in other words, response to the spirit, the automatic result is eternal life. Destruction, eternal life. Are these confusing? It's really easy to know the fruit of the light. Wow, I just uh, dug up a whole pile of stink stinking stuff today. Um, yeah, if we could have the worship team up. Uh, thank you, I appreciate it. Thank you, bro. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, man, I appreciate it. 
let me say this. I want to say this. This is particularly hard when dealing with children and spouses. Can I be real? Is that okay? Because we live in the atmosphere, right? We live with them, right? We live in the world that, that they're creating. And how, and, and they scare us, and what do we do? I would simply say this. First of all, return to Jesus. If the fruit in your heart is hell, whatever comes out of it will be hell. Return to Jesus. Return to your peace. Surrender all of your rights and control and trust that he's a good God, that he will protect and care for you. Give it to him. And then out of that place, ask him what to do. And he'll guide you and he'll give you peace. Ask him for, for instructors, people who are further along, who can walk with you on that journey where you don't have to dominate and control. You don't have to, you don't have to, you can give consequences, but out of peace. Listen, I was raised in a family where no, there was no confrontation. My parents made a vow never to have an argument in front of us. Therefore, I didn't know how to argue. I thought arguments were like, like pushing back on somebody, giving a boundary. I literally didn't know that was allowed. Listen, that's self-control. If I don't have the ability to set a boundary, that is actually me. Uh, that's, there's no self-control there. I'm letting others control me. But in that moment, when I say I can, out of peace, set a boundary, guess what? God and surrender them to God, he can begin to work. If we could stand. Father, I, I just ask right now that you would bring interpretation to all the words. Lord, that you would bring those words that need to be heard to each heart at the point of need. Lord, you're speaking to each of us. You're calling each of us to draw near to you. And Lord, you are more than enough for every situation. Lord, we love you in your beautiful name.